Hey, beautifuls. Welcome to the Goddess Wings podcast, the place where we as women get to come home to the wings of our body. Today, we have the gorgeous Savannah Sharp here with us. Welcome to the podcast, beautiful. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. I'm excited too. Like, I literally feel like every woman is really her own silhouette. And no one knows this better than you because as a bikini competitor, like this is literally what you do. So normally I ask people, if you were a lingerie collection, what type of lingerie you would be in terms of your expression. But um, yeah, I definitely want to hear that answer. But I also want to hear, since you also design bikinis, yeah. if you were a bikini. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've never heard. Okay. I've never thought of this question. Okay. This is great. I love it. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I designed competition suits. So like if I was a competition suit, um, I feel like I'd have a lot of random colors on me because I have like so much like random things that I do, but I would probably be like a bright, I, I would never wear this, but I would wear a, I'd be like a bright yellow, but then I would have a little bit of like light blues and maybe like a soft purple on it. Like something just like super random. You probably never wear it on stage, but like my personality would be like a bright color, but lots of little different color pops of flakes of like rainbow reflections on it. I like it. I like it. Like, so I'm a huge foodie. So for some reason that kind of reminds me of like how you can have sherbet. But then yeah. you have like all the swirls of the different things that are like, yeah, just like just like a bunch of just like you just grab the rainbow and like spit it out on a yellow colored fabric. And then that's what it would be. I love it. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. It's beautiful. What is your personal story of how you found your own silhouette, your transformation within your body? Um, so my, um, like fitness journey started four years ago. Um, it was actually through trauma. So like I lost my younger sibling to suicide. And I was struggling with like, it's okay. It's a, it's a happy story now, but, um, I was struggling with grief a lot and I was just having a hard time with my own mental health. And, Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of was a revelation of like, you know, in order to have this fulfilling long life and everything, I really needed to take care of my physical health and mental health, like all together. And I knew Mm -hmm. that fitness would do it. And I wanted to be consistent. I want to live for like a very, very long, long time. And I knew that like my current habits of like, you know, binge eating and drinking and, you know, weren't going to serve a better purpose. And there was just like so many people that I wanted to inspire and like tell them that you can do anything. So I kind of had this like epiphany of like, I need to inspire people and like start to, you know, get everything in my life in check. So I started training and, um, I immediately signed up for a bikini competition to kind of hold myself accountable. And that's where I am now. I didn't stop. That's amazing. So were you into sports before this? Like, did you compete in anything else? Yeah. So, um, I guess I was like pretty athletic growing up. Like we, I did like gymnastics as a kid. I did T-ball softball. Um, I started competitive volleyball, like pretty aggressively. And when I was 13, so I played in like a club volleyball team and there was like a traveling club team from like 13 to 18. Um, Mm -hmm. and I played on high school volleyball and then I could have gone to volleyball, like on for college for like a college scholarship, but I decided to go for business instead. 
Wow. So volleyball has always been the sport I wanted to play, <laughs> but I can't play it. <laughs> it's hard. It was really hard, but it was really fun. Like that's kind of where I think I learned like how to be a good teammate, how to be competitive, how to win, how to lose, like all of the, you know, competing aspects. That's where I definitely learned everything. So how do you lose then? Mm. Cause I am like the worst loser. I'm such a sore loser. It's actually kind of fun. Um, when you lose because it's even mm. more motivating. Yeah. Cause if you win and it's easy, it's like, that's what you expect. That's your outcome. Like uh. compete and you want to lose. So that way, like you can see a win, like it's comes together. If you just win, I don't think it would be as fun. Um, as like when you get to the bottom or you really like you really lose hard because that means there's so much room to grow and like can improve. So it's like a challenge for me. Oh, I love it. That is such a high performance thing. Cause you're right. You don't want to be stagnant. You want to have that room. So yeah. which that's amazing. Um, which one of your sports do you think prepared you best for bikini and how is bikini its own set in an entity? Cause I think a lot of people don't, a lot of times people don't realize like it's a literal competition. Like it's a sport. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's not just like a, I thought it was like a fun little pageant kind of deal where you just like show up, look cute, shake your butt and get up in a world. Right. I'm like, I am going to crush this. And it's not <laughs> that way. It's so hard. Um, cause it's, it's like so much, it's so much. Um, but the sport that translate probably best to bikini, honestly, any, any time, I think any sport you can, but specifically if you are doing, um, a lot of people were gymnasts or track because they already have a great muscle structure and they're pretty conditioned. Um, and a lot of college athletes transition post-college to doing competitive bodybuilding because they need something like an outlet that's still competitive that keeps them in shape. So that's like a lot of, a lot of competitors are that I've, I've heard volleyball. Some only reason I wouldn't say that that's the best is because volleyball is a jumping sport. So it's quad dominant, whereas bikini is, you know, glutes and in legs. And so like sprinters and track that already naturally have like shoulders and core and like those nice glutes and hamstrings, they do a lot better in bikini. Mm, mm. I've been, I find it really interesting too, how the physique has changed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The evolution of bikini. So at the beginning, when it first started, it was seriously like soft. It was just a hot girl in a bikini competition and it slowly mm. like gotten more competitive. The bodies have gotten more lean, harder, more muscle mass as it's gone on. And so now it's, it's actually really really hard to place well because you have to put on a lot of muscle for bikini you really do you really do and and I couldn't really tell so you would be the best person to ask this because I know you were just at the Olympia um the way that they're looking at the bodies now is it that they're highlighting the area because I know it was all about the glutes for a while and then you got penalized for bending too far over when you turn around because girls were literally like Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not doing a deadlift and high heels, but like it got a little bit intense for a minute. Yeah. Can you say, especially with like the current winner, like, do you think it's about the whole thing or do you think that they're looking at certain? 
So if you look up the rules for bikini, it's, it's about the overall balance and symmetry, but because it's a subjective sport, it's not the biggest bikini athlete with the most muscles wins. So it's overall confidence, posing, presentation, makeup, hair, um, suit color, and then, um, it comes down to balance. So I think balance and conditioning over everything is what the judges are looking for. So when I see winners, when I see the Olympia miss winners, um, you look at them and this is going to sound bad, but nothing about their body is special. Like no body part is special. So when I say that, obviously their physique is freaking amazing. They are a special athlete, but when you look at them, you don't say, oh my gosh, I really wish I had her X body part. It's not like something sticks out that you really can tell that's different. So like, um, Laura Leach Pato's like she has a big old booty, right? So right. that's something that sticks out in a negative way. You don't want anything to stick out bad. Like you just want to like, I can't like, I wouldn't like everything's perfectly in balance, like from top to bottom, left to right. It's like, if you were to fold her in half each way, it would be equal or even, or like aesthetically pleasing to look at the eye. So when you see them on stage, like you don't say, I wish you would have a little bit more glutes or I need, she needs a little more hamstring or she needs to be tighter condition. You look at her and you're like, there's really nothing wrong. Like there's nothing that we could give feedback on. And they're just proportionate in a way that on their frame looks the best. Now, and that is awesome. That's an awesome description because I was trying to figure out why she was trying to bring down her glutes. Cause I noticed in her YouTube videos, I like follow her channel and she was like really cutting down on like building up. You know what I mean? And cabinet arms and like cutting off her glutes. Do you, um, what's the difference in between wellness? Like, do you know anything about, about wellness okay. now that's come on? Yeah. Like, where did that fall? Oh so wellness is a, um, it's, there was a need for it because it's a certain body type. So it's kind of, I would consider it someone that is, has overly developed glutes and hamstrings and quads that's for bikini, but they don't have as big of upper body as a figure athlete. So the emphasis is on unbalance for wellness. They still want you to look overall, like aesthetically pleasing where it doesn't look out of place, but they want bigger legs. So it's like, um, bigger quad. It's not even like, like bigger is more fat, but it's more, more muscular quads and um, glutes and hamstrings. The conditioning is going to be the same as bikini and it, but not as hard as figure. So it's almost like a bikini waist with wellness legs. So like overly developed glutes and hamstrings, just like too massive for bikini. And then it's a kind of like a hybrid level between like bikini in a figure. So maybe it might be a little bit larger than bikini shoulders, but smaller than figure, but on their physiques, it just needs to look like they have a lot of muscles in their lower body, because that's the highlight of wellness. It's an, a category that was made for athletes, um, usually like soccer athletes or, um, just genetically, they just have wider and thicker legs. Mm. Thank you. So it's completely different. Yeah. It's not the same at all. Like at all. 
and it's and they do quarter turns so the posing is different so the quarter turns are similar to figure and other divisions where they make you pose on every way so like you do a front a side and then a back and then the other side and then a front so you have to be balanced kind of like all the way around whereas bikini you only you get to pick which side that you show the judges and you can hide your flaws and then it's a front pose back pose and they kind of do some walking um wellness is a little bit different because they do quarter turns and how because you're right it can be subjective i remember and i don't i think the coach might have been fuzzing the name but something with like next level there's a team called like next level bikini coaching or something just remember reading this blog years ago and she was talking about how you can be on one sh- one show and you can be first place and then literally not first place but at least be like you know top five or something like that and then the next week you can be at another show and you can be at the bottom in terms of how it really is um which is just interesting it's hard um especially because bikini is that way it's like subjective so it's not a clear winner you can make an argument for any athlete to win on the day and a lot can happen in a week to your physique where you can like lose conditioning too and it depends on the girls so the wh- reasons why you go from like first place to last place is who you're competing against and who's judging you. So unless you had the same judge, you wouldn't expect the same outcome because their personal preference of like what they like, they might prefer blondes over brunettes, or they might be looking for really hard abs or something softer, or, you know, whatever it is that that judging panel prefers is different than where you might've competed last week. So if you got first place and let's say you came in and you were the smallest lean teeny tiniest person on stage and everyone else on that first show came in a little bit softer than you and you win. And then you go to, let's say across the country, somewhere else, it's new judges and it's new athletes that you're competing against. And let's say all of the athletes decided to come in really, really like really, really lean, like Mm -hmm. compare like well to you. And then suddenly you don't stick out as much as you did before. And let's just say, you know, there was someone else there that peaked perfectly, really brought the confidence and kind of outposed you or something, or maybe you were stressful because you're traveling. Like there's like a million reasons why that can happen. But even if you brought the same package that just won a first place to the next show, and this happens to like high level athletes, it never guarantees a placing because in bikini it's Mm -hmm. subjective and your placing from one show to the next is never, ever going to be the same unless you're competing against the exact same people and the exact same judges. Um, that's kind of what I, I see. Usually they try to stick to the criteria. So if you got first, you could probably be in the top callouts again, but you could also, if they gave you feedback, when you get first place, they might say, we loved your look and you got first place because you were the best this day, but we really like you. If you did this, if you try to make that feedback, but then you go to the new judging panel and they're like, no, we liked you how you were before. It's kind (laughs) of like, you're always chasing feedback and trying to figure out, okay, who am I competing against? Who's judging me? What is their preference? How can I improve? So it's hard because it's just. It's a little bit of luck too. Yeah. It's like a roll of the dice. And how do you do it from a healthy place? Like what's <laughs> like to you is like, <laughs> how do you bikini prep healthily? Yeah. And from like in a health, like mental place, cause you can't control other person like blonde or brunettes, you know what I mean? But like from yeah. a place of like, okay, let me get my body to this. 
-hmm. you know, and not feel like you're in a prison. So just like, um, the biggest thing is not your self-worth on that placement. So when you go into a show, just be prepared for first or last and be happy with what you're bringing that day and realize even if you get first or last, there's always an improvements that you can make from show to show. And if you love it, you're going to, Oh my gosh, my dog wants to be, Um, (laughs) yes, he's giving me a hug. Even if you, you know, brought your very best that day, you just have to be okay that it might not get rewarded. And because someone else might've had a better day. So it's about kind of just being okay with the journey instead of a certain outcome. Mm. Yeah. Cause the journey is beautiful. It's definitely addicting, you know, it and is. it's rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yes. your outlook on this man. It's, I love it. It's so grounded. How did yeah. you get it that's so grounded like this? Uh, it took me a long time. Like I made a lot of mistakes, um, a lot of mistakes. And so it took me a long time. Like I cried after I placed like I didn't place like at a show. I cried. I was like bawling my eyes out. And I, I almost like quit bikini bodybuilding because I, I kind of, I was like, I don't understand. Like I look my best. Like why, why did they not give me a reward? Like I worked so hard. Like I probably did work harder than everyone else. And like, I just couldn't understand it. So it took me like a lot of much like maturing into the sport and like repetition and realizing that I don't necessarily, I love show day, but it is one day out of the 365 days. And so if I can just focus on the the fun that I have getting to that day, instead of mm-hmm. just the outcome of one day, it's going to be a lot beneficial because once you're done with the show, that show is in the past as a reference point, And that physique is in the past as a reference point too, because you always want to like level up, you want to evolve. So it's not accurate to say, well, just because I got last, last time doesn't mean it's guaranteed. I'm going to get last. So the same thing with the, when you get first or when you do well, it's not guaranteed that you're going to do well again. So you just have to like, keep improving and just keep practicing. I just did a, I did a lot of research. I had to listen to a lot of motivational things. I listened to a lot of other athletes to see what they do and kind of steal some mindset tricks from them or just whatever I can find. Uh, a lot of journaling, a lot of positive um, thoughts and reflections and positive self-talk and just keeping every content that I'm consuming um, positive. That means like unfollowing people that maybe don't make you feel good, spending less time on social media. There's like a lot of different things that I've done to kind of get to this outlook. I love that. I love that. And that kind of reminds me of something that Emily Hayden once said, and she was, um, when she was like, people asked her to train training amateur and training pro. And she's like, when you're training pro, it's literally, this is your lifestyle. Like every single day for life. (laughs) I kind of feel like that's what you practice and your whole thing about having reference points that works in everything in health. Cause think about how many times you're like, dang, I would love to get back to that body when it was X amount or when I went through that. And you don't realize like, oh, that's a reference point. But if I live at that reference point, I'm missing out on the potential for something next level over here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really agree with that too. Um, that's one thing that I've done differently like this year, this is the first off season that I have not stopped the intensity that I do when I prepped. Like Mm -hmm. I, 
so before I would categorize it as, you know, your prep time is your time to give your hunger, to push, to be on track with your diet. And then your off season's the time to have fun and to like be relaxed on your food and like eat whatever you want and kind of just not take your training as serious. But, um, Mm -hmm. that's actually not the case. And in order to like place better, I can't continue to do the same things that I was doing in like previous preps. So I have to live the lifestyle year round just to get an inch, you know, like we're going off of inches because to get to that next level of being a pro athlete is you have to be best in the country at what you do. And sometimes it like realizing, okay, am I, is there girls beating me in the off season? If that's true, then they'll beat me in prep. Because um, the higher that you can set yourself apart from girls during your off season, that's even further ahead that you're going to be once you actually start your official prep. So like I've took this off season, just as serious of prep, if not more, just because like, I want it so bad. And like, I don't want to get beat. I'm going to be real good in my off season because <laughs> I know there's some girls I'm going to compete against and they did not take their off season as serious and I'm going to come and I'm going to whoop them on stage. And that's what I, yeah, that's kind of what I think about. And I always imagine this girl, like I have this, this is like my arch enemy. So like when I'm living my life, I'm like, okay, I'm imagining this girl and she is like always leveling up. She's always doing a little bit more cardio than I am. She's even more clean on her diet. Like she's even doing all these other things. I imagine this imaginary person. I imagine her is going to show up on on the same competition. And if I can't beat her, I will lose to this person because she's out there. Someone is always out there because there's always someone better than you. So I'm like, all right, I got to be better. I got to be better. You know what Cheryl Soups told me once? So um, I asked her like what made her like really trans the level she she does, you know, to like be able to play in a WNBA and I said all these like goals and stuff. Yeah. And she told me it was the idea that someone somewhere in the world who was going through more than she was, was working harder than she was right then. Yep. So you literally just spoke the show Sloop's mindset back to me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's serious. Seriously, because there always is like there, like there always is going to be a next generation, especially in bikini. Like this is a sport of, of beauty. So there's going to be someone out there that is going to be naturally gifted, who's going to be prettier than you. That's already going to have a great muscle. Who's going to just be amazing at posing. Who's going to have like the easiest time dieting. Who's going to, you know, want it more than you. And it's going to do it in a faster time. And, you know, like there's always, like, there's always someone that's going to try to take what you want. Like I always in, in life, like no matter what you do, like there's always someone out there that maybe they're not even in the sport or in the business world or whatever, but they're always going to be in like the back of your mind. Like there's always someone that's going to like a new competitor is going to start competing. That's going to want to go proud. That's going to start their journey too. And like, I always imagine that of like, okay, I can't let the gas up because I have to get there faster because there's going to be people that, you know, are in a better starting position than me if they work just as hard as I do, like they're going to surpass me. So I have to work like twice as hard as some, this imaginary person that's out there that is working hard. I love that. I love that. And this completely, well, it kind of goes along with it. So when I first started, I felt 
like such an imposter, yeah. you know what I mean? And the feel, because I was like, oh, and then like, you know, I do my workouts in the kettlebells and resistance bands at home, they're not in the gym or I don't, I'm always been the odd person out. Like I don't like, you know, I shared with you earlier, like I don't have a tribe. I don't have a place that I fit in. And yeah. then as the years kind of went, I remember once I just kind of opened up, I'm like, oh, this is a person too. And I could see it more that we're literally just people. So can you speak to like having that ownership of like, I belong here, you know, like on stage in this bikini and not have that imposter syndrome, if that's the word for it. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. So when I first started, I was scared to share that I was a bodybuilder or that I was doing a bodybuilding competition because I was afraid of what other people might think. And I didn't feel like I was a bodybuilder yet, even like doing my first show. And I was doing the diet and I was, I was drinking my water and doing everything that a bodybuilder does, but I didn't identify as a bodybuilder yet because I was so new. So it was kind of hard until I accepted this like new identity of like what it means to actually call yourself a bodybuilder and like be it. I took a couple of years before I'm like, okay, like I actually feel like I'm doing this. I'm not just doing this as a hobby. It's like a one-time choice and just kind of embracing what it is of like, okay, at first I thought I could turn it on and, you know, your friends and family think you just turn it on for a period of time and you eat healthy and then you can like go back to being normal is what they, <laughs> they, they call it. And, um, I just never went back to being normal and just, that's what happened. Um, so now like, I just am very happy with my routine and my dieting and who I am as like a athlete. And I, I enjoy eating healthy and enjoy training and I just realized like I belong on the stage just as much as anyone next to me. Like there's Mm -hmm. no difference because, you know, we all are athletes. We're all people on any given day, anyone can win. So I worked really hard and I just started to like really focus on myself and my journey and not saying, you know, I feel odd because, you know, maybe I'm not lean enough or all these girls have been doing it for longer. Like, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, even if it's your first competition, like you, with you committing to a show, like that's what you are. Like you're a bodybuilder through and through, like you're doing the diet, you're doing the training, you're working hard. Um, so just being really confident in like the way that you prepare for each show. So like when you step on stage, you don't feel like an imposter. I think some of that imposter syndrome came from not feeling prepared. Um, but then, you know, once you kind of been on stage a few times and then you know what it takes to get prepared, like when you practice your posing and you followed your routine and there's no regrets, I feel like that's when I like truly can step on stage and be like, all right, you know, I belong, I belong here. I did it. Like I did the work it's here. Um, and that's kind of where it happens. I love that. And that really applies to everywhere in life because we belong yeah. on a stage in life. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I have, so um, kind of my last question for you. I had this, la- this, like, <laughs> this ancient Santa Victoria's secret inspired wings that I built right <laughs> once. And they're built of like this big structure with these feathers. And then when I moved from Maryland to Texas, I had to throw the structure away and just completely throw it away. And then I rebuilt them smaller in Texas and was able to kind of take them with me to Florida later. But when you think of yourself as a woman, like has there been a time where you completely threw the structure away And what did it kind of feel like one to sit with yourself in your wings? And how did you kind of rebuild the wings of who you were again? 
I know this is oh, a deep yeah. question. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're really making me think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I really, I really struggled when like my hormone issues were really bad and I was in a really like dark spot with competing and everything. And I, I just started questioning a lot. Like I had to pull out of my competition in July. I was supposed to compete this July and couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Um, I couldn't drop body fat. I was dealing with like hormone issues that I couldn't drop weight and I was dieting really hard and we were pushing cardio and I was gaining weight actively. Um, cause my thyroid was off and there was a couple other things that was wrong internally. And I didn't know this at the time, but I was just like, so upset. And I just questioned who I was and was just like, I've wasted so much money and so much time pursuing this pro card. Like, who do I think I am? Like, I don't think this can ever happen. Like it's already been four years. Like this, maybe like I need to give up. Like, it's not for me. Maybe I look silly. Like, am I embarrassing myself saying that I'm going to do these different things and it's not possible. And, you know, I went to nationals, I got last place. Like I, uh, like I'm technically like I'm placing worse. I'm not doing as well as I would have thought. Like, do I really have what it takes? Like, is that a possible goal? And I remember I was like, maybe I should just quit. Like, I don't know what else to do. I just feel terrible. Like I, at that time, like I was physically feeling terrible too, because of all my hormone issues. And I was just tired and I had quit my job, my really good paying job, um, corporate job to work and design suits and stuff like that. And so that is amazing. Of- Yeah. There was like a lot of stress though that was going on. And I'm like all over the, I was all over the place, but I'm like, I felt a pull and it just was a lot of questioning, but I kind of had to like get it together and like refocus Mm -hmm. my goals and like really do some soul searching of like, well, you know, like have, have your pity party. And I did. And I was like, what would your life be without competing? Like, it'd be really sad and depressing, right? I would probably wouldn't have as much fun. And I'm like, I would, I would still train. That's the thing. Like, even if I stopped competing, I'd still train. I'd still, I'd still eat clean. Like I'd still have all my healthy habits and everything. It's like, nothing would technically change if I just stopped actually competing on stage. It was, Mm -hmm. so I'm like, why? I'm like, you need to stop this. I'm like pretty much talking to myself. and was like, you know what? You need to really just like give it all you got. I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is you get last place. You're, you already did that. So you already know what that feels like. So if you do it again, it's fine. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be okay. Like, what if you do better? So I kind of just like, was, I don't know. I just like told myself that I, I really wanted this. I've wanted it for a long time. And like, you can't uh-huh. stop when you, and you can't, you can't let, I don't know can't let people talk you down. You can't let, you know, the haters win. Almost like I got people to prove wrong and I got to keep going. Wow. Savannah. So like you inspire me on every level because you literally are your own set of wings. You really are. Thank you. You know, like you unearthed them and especially to make this jump too in your business, like that takes a whole Yeah. That's That's a whole other conversation. Like I used to work for Amazon like full time and I, I made real good money. Like it was, it was steady. Like it was good hours. Like it was a clear track to promotion after X amount of days. Like, you knew exactly when you're going to be promoted, like what opportunity there was endless, like jobs all over the world, like the world really. So I could have gone 
as far as I wanted to. And like, I was good at it. It wasn't that I was bad at it. It just, I wasn't passionate about it. And every day was just so dragging. And I just, I felt that I was getting pulled away from competing. And I knew like competing made me like really happy. And I wasn't getting opportunities to network with other people in the industry for, for even in my, in my job that I was doing, I would get to network a little bit, but I didn't get to have like conversation like this, like have conversations and like have fun and like really talk to people and talk to other competitors and athletes and, um, people that I wanted to be surrounded with. I wasn't having those conversations because I was working so much. I was like, you know, if I was having conversation, it was about, HR stuff or like, you know, (laughs) not sexy. (laughs) It was so boring. Like it was absolutely freaking boring. And it was just, I'm like trying to, I was a kind of like a manager. And so like trying to motivate a team to like do a job that I don't even like was hard because I'm like, all right, (laughs) we all know that we all don't want to be here. Let's do it again. And it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't beneficial. And I knew that I didn't want to waste their time and someone else would gladly step in and I, they did. So it was fine. And I, I left and enough, I actually love my job. It's way more fun. And I have so much more fun. It sounds amazing. Like listening to your podcast, which you have to link for a minute, but listen to your podcast. I was like, it's protein cupcakes, cupcakes by the way. Yes. Um, but um, no, I got it right. Wait, proteins. Oh, no. um, cupcakes and protein, and protein shakes. shakes. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I got a little dyslexic with the title. (laughs) But I was like, you get to hear all these top level competitors and meet them. And that's amazing. So I know I already said last question, but one last question for you, beautiful, because as you do these reps, you're really redefining the way my mind is, the way I think, the way I train, which is why I love to talk to different people, because it's like, you don't realize the reps out there until you see someone else doing it. And then you're like, dang, well, let me get, <laughs> like, like, let me get in that one. So, and this might be a little bit silly question to ask, but how do you not become like intimidated by how great you can be? Because what we can mean? be phenomenal. Like, what do you mean? Like your potential or like others? Both. But I think, I think probably more your potential. Like not be intimidated by what, what it is. Yeah. Um, I never get intimidated by like my future self. Like I think about it in like a conversation, like obviously you're not at your highest self at this moment, right? Like we we can always improve, but I imagine somewhere sitting in the future is this amazing person of who that I am. That's like super organized on top of her stuff. And like, she has all of her goals accomplished. And so I imagine it was like, okay, in order to get that, what if I was going to be that person today? So like, how would my future self do this? How would my future self do that? So then I try to like go about doing like my daily activities. Okay. You know, like what would IFBB pro Savannah do like today? Would she like quit after a couple of reps or would she keep pushing harder? Or, you know, like, would she have that bite of brownie that she's not supposed to have? Or would she, you know, Mm -hmm. stick to her meal plan? So, um, don't get intimidated it, but instead of like being intimidated by like your potential of like how good you can be, it's like, use that as something 
to strive towards to do it today rather than getting overwhelmed with starting. Because I think that's like a big thing of people know that they're not hitting their, their potential and it's hard to get there and they get maybe overwhelmed to even start because it seems like it's so far away and not attainable, like right now, but it'll never be attainable unless you like start to like really believe that you're already that person before it happens. Wow. So it's almost kind of like you rewrote yourself a new set of training principles. Yeah. And it's for, it's for everything too. So it's not just for just like in the gym, like it's could be like how you carry yourself, how you speak, how you act, like what you post, like everything that you do and like who you are, it's just, you have to like truly have this mindset of like where you want to be and who you want to achieve and like who this higher self is going to be. And then try to embody that person like on your everyday life. Wow. Well, I want to thank you because I feel like you do that. Yeah. And I I say when one woman steps out, she activates the next woman. Oh, I like that. You know, so that's gorgeous. That's beautiful. Where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? Where can we learn more? Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's at Sav Sharp underscore. Um, I also do have my own podcast as well. It's Cupcakes and Protein Shakes. And it's available on most listening devices such as iTunes, Spotify, and like a lot of other platforms. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel. So it's Savannah Sharp. You can just search it. And I have a YouTube channel as well. And I'll have all the links posted below. But can I say like, I literally binge listen to your podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I talk about a lot of mindset on my podcast too, because like, I, I know that, I don't know. I just haven't found people that have talked about like, you know, their struggles and like when it's like a tough time. So I really try to keep it as real and honest through my journey and use my podcast as a kind of audio diaries of like my evolution. So I like to bring people yeah. up and, you know, what I learned this week and kind of give people some tips based on what's going on in my life. You, you so do that. You so, yeah. Yeah. You, and it's a connector where you're like, okay, so then I can do it this way or I can do it this way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you taught me some things too. So I've been trying to train and like unleash my inner goddess when I'm training. Did you try saying the word goddess? Did you do your reps yet? I, I was literally thinking about that because there's nothing I was like, okay, like a, a goddess would be like even higher than a person. So I was like, okay, if I was like invincible, how would I be training and be like, I'd be lifting everything. So it was really fun. <laughs> oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All the protein shakes, all the goddess reps. And yes, we just yes. find them. And then you think about it, it's like we're all going through, we're picking out our new bikinis. But really, our body's the bikini. It is. It is. So when you listen to it, and then, okay, so just that way, give people some inspiration. So that moment that you stand on stage, what does it feel like? Uh, it's so magical. It's, it's so emotional for me. Like when I'm on stage, like it feels like I'm a shining star because I know, I know that I am. <laughs> because I work so hard to be there. And like that feeling like shoots out of like my heart. And like, I feel like my energy goes like, and like, I'm like, all oh, my hard work leading up to this moment. And like, you never have your hair, makeup done and tan and you're in this like sparkly bikini. And so like, it really feels like this is my highest self. This is like everything that I envisioned is in this moment. So it's kind of surreal. Like you're living a fantasy and a dream of like all the stage lights on you and all the eyes on you. And you're like, yes, look at me. Like I am here. Ah, uh, 
Yes. You have my body like, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, that is it. Yeah. Yeah. That is it. That is it. So, you know, beautiful goddess angels listening to the podcast, allow yourself to be that fantasy. You can only allow yourself to be that fantasy by not living other people's, by defining yourself, by looking at yourself as this competition bikini, and by hitting your own poses in a way that only you can. Exactly. So, that's it. Well, thanks for joining us. Yes. Thanks for having me. This nominal. Hey, beautiful souls. Thanks for listening. Please leave a subscribe, rate it and share it with another woman. Because as we share, these are cups of champagne together. That way, wherever we walk throughout the world, we're wearing our own bikinis. We are our own lingerie line. And the way we wear our wings, it's in a way where we get to own who we are as a woman with every single inch of the essence that we are.